Hello, and thanks for listening to another episode of Who Knew in the Moment, the podcast. Today, we are honored to have Alex Molden. Uh, Alex is going to get a two-parter. So the first part today is going to be the early part of his career and entering into the NFL draft. Alex was a first-round NFL draft pick and had the opportunity to have a great career. You're going to learn a lot of good nuggets and perspective about how he adjusted over his time. Hello, and uh, welcome to an episode of Who Knew in the Moment, the podcast. Today, I'm very fortunate to have Alex Molden with me. Alex is a uh, retired NFL football player, and something that uh, you're going to learn a lot about today from him is just his passion. And one thing that stuck out to me as I was learning about him is he has three words that has helped him, uh, and he learned them in his NFL career, and then he's continued to use that, and that is alignment, assignment, and adjustment. And so I'm excited for him to uh, elaborate a little bit on that story later. But Alex, thanks so much for being on today. Phil, man, hey, great to see you again. And, you know, it's a pleasure of mine. You know, I love to connect with people. And um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm super excited about our, our, uh, our talk today. Absolutely. So to kick it off, Alex, um, you know, once again, the premise is who knew in the moment where we focus on, you know, these pivotal moments that we didn't know at the moment uh, would be the trajectory moment. But as we reflect on it, we realize, hey, that was a really pivotal spot for me. And for you, uh, eighth grade, you get the opportunity to start figuring out what this football thing is. So talk a little bit about just, you know, your introduction to football and, uh, you know, some of the initial enjoyment you got from it. Yeah, well, well, you know what? I think I have to start it with, um, you know, I didn't play organized football. I played everything else. You know, we did gymnastics, did soccer, did baseball. But for some reason, I never played football. And, you know, a couple of times because I just missed the cutoff. You know, we moved around a lot. I'm an Army brat. So, you know, we spent time in, in, uh, in Oklahoma, I spent time in Germany, and I just, you know, growing up, just we just, just never had a chance to. Uh, but anyway, like in eighth grade, I finally got a chance to play football. Now, I didn't know what, I didn't know, you know, the only football I played was out in the street, you know, with all my homeboys and whatnot. Yeah. So finally getting a chance to put on some pads and, you know, helmet and, and whatnot, it was, you know, it was, it was so much fun. And what made it even more fun is I got a chance to hit people. <laughs> I, didn't, I, now I didn't know how to tackle. I didn't do any of that. I didn't know any of that type of stuff. I just knew, you know, I watched some football and we didn't watch it as a family, but I watched it and I just, man, that was pretty cool. You can hit people and take them to the ground and, you know, you don't get any flags. You don't get kicked out the game. So I just I instantly had a love affair with it. Yeah. Now, the eighth grade season probably didn't go as, as planned. I think we end up losing every game, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lost every game. I played for the boys club in Colorado Springs, yeah. and we only had one coach. We didn't have an <laughs> offense coordinator, defense coordinator, quarterback coach, you know, DB coach. We had one coach. And, um, you know, I, I lost every game, but that did not derail me. Yes. I loved it. I loved every second of it. Yes. So that catapults us into high school. So you say, hey, I had a great experience in eighth grade. Now that I'm in high school, I'm going to start enjoying it. And, you know, what I'd be curious is, you know, in your high school career, when did you start seeing the 
success and noticing, all right, I'm, I'm better than most. I've got a potential, you know, opportunity to play this at the next level. I think I started to, to, to get it after my freshman year. Yeah. And I got to tell you, man, things, things kind of start for, and, and not just for me, but for others, I think when you get inspired, yeah. right? Because we can be motivated, have a motivational talk or a show or whatever, and you're motivated, but that doesn't last very long. Mm-hmm. I got inspired by this, um, you know, by watching something. Yeah. And, you know, at, and it was something that, you know, my friend had ended up getting a, a year subscription to Sports Illustrated. Now, if you grew up, you know, back in the 80s and whatnot, you know, there wasn't the internet. It wasn't there yeah. yet. <laughs> okay. Right. But, you know, you would get a subscription. And so for this, it was a, a subscription to Sports Illustrated, right, for a year. And with that, you got this VHS, another thing that some folks might not remember, but yeah. a VHS tape of something called the Crunch Course. Yeah. So the Crunch Course was this 45-minute uh, reel where you had NFL like superstars and they were mic'd up. And it really showed them training, show Walter Payton training. They showed Dick Buckus and all his hard hits and, and uh, Ronnie Lott and Kenny Easley. But one particular gentleman, name was Lawrence Taylor. Yeah, Lawrence Taylor was outside linebacker for the New York Giants. He's a Hall of Famer, but he was mic'd up, and and it was at the end of the show. And I watched him, and I heard him, and how he hit people, and then the trash talk that happened. I got inspired, and I was like, "Well, yeah. oh, that's what it looks like to yeah. really hit people. That's what it sounds like. That's the type of." you know, talking that goes on between players and teammates. And I just embody that. I mean, I remember watching one summer before my sophomore year, I watched that thing over my buddy, my buddy's house, like every day, every day (laughs) during the summer. And then when fall camp came, I was like, I was ready. But I think what, uh, you know, to your question, Phil, is when, when I started to, to kind of learn, and then, like I said, my, my football IQ was very low because I didn't play it, I didn't watch it. But I started to get a chance to go to these different camps. Yeah. And so I went to these different camps at colleges. Uh, I think I went to one at, at Colorado, right, CU. Yeah. I went to there, and there was a lot of kids. And this yeah. was right when Colorado was like, I think they right before they won the national championship. And so I would go, and, you know, the, the line for DBs was, was a long line. And all the guys from like the Denver area, the big schools, they were jockeying to be first. Mm. And so I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the back of the line and I'm going to start watching. Yeah. And so I figured, man, if I go to the back of the line and if I watch, I listen and I listen to the coaching cues, I listen, I, I listen to them saying to the, to the athletes, you know, what they're doing good or what they're doing not so good, then I can get reps. I can get mental reps. Yes. So then by the time it's my turn, I should be able to do it perfect. And so, you know, I started to do that and I was like, oh, he's giving me good feedback. Yeah. And I was like, hold on, this is, this is, uh, this is something here. 
So instead of always fighting, jockeying to get to the front of the line, I would get in the back and I would and I can be able to get extra reps. Mm. I wasn't one of those guys that was talking in the line and, you know, hey man, look at that girl over there. Oh man, she's pretty. <laughs> yeah. No, I was looking and watching, how can I get better without actually doing the reps? Yeah. And so that was key for me, man. And, and so I just, I'd continually start to do that. And then when I went back to, you know, back to my high school, um, I even did it then. And then of course I started to get the hang of things and, you know, I started to be considered a leader. So then, yes, I started to get into the front, but um, man, getting those extra reps, man, by putting your ego in your back pocket yeah. and understand that I'm not where I want to be. Mm-hmm. How do I, what type of character do I need to take on to become the person that I want to become? I need to get smarter. Yeah. So how do I get smarter? I get extra reps, extra mental reps. And so I started to do that, man. And I started to have some success at the high school level. And I started to kind of like, okay, this is, you know, I'm pretty athletic and I work my butt off in the off season. That's where it starts at, right? It starts with Mm -hmm. working. You got to do the work. And I started to do that and start to see the growth that I had. And, and, um, you know, from there, got an opportunity for a scholarship and just kind of, you know, kind of jumped at the chance. But, you know, I, I really fell in love with not just the game of football, but really all the ugly stuff, like the mm-hmm. training, the getting up, the eating right, the running. I fell in love with the process. Yeah, that's good. I love that, especially the spot where you highlight you know, it wasn't like I went to the back of the line to hide, right? I wasn't going there. So I didn't have to, you know, get feedback. I went back there so I could get extra reps and I was intentional. I was paying attention to that. That's so phenomenal. Absolutely. That's good. So as the high school career progresses, we now are getting recruited. We're getting the opportunity to evaluate a lot of big schools and you end up making a decision to head out to the West Coast. So talk a little bit about what that decision was like and uh, why you ended up making the choice you did. Man, I feel bad. I wish I could say that I made the decision based off of these foundational rocks and these things, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it, it didn't. Like the biggest thing that that really separated Oregon from other places is, um, and, and it's important, but it was the relationship that I had with Coach Zoom, Coach Zumbucos. Mm-hmm. So he was the recruiting uh, person for a coach for that area yeah. and just how he recruited me it was just all about integrity yeah he didn't tell me and I was getting recruited like I you know I was I was getting recruited heavily by Michigan by USC Tennessee yeah. Colorado all these coaches would you know would come and you know they would tell me all the good stuff you know they would try to sell me right yeah. on their on their their university but Coach Zoom was like, he was straightforward. You know, he told me, you know, what, what University of Oregon was about, what they, what they want to do, how they saw me, and understand, like, you know, it's a, you know, it's a journey. Nothing is given to you. Yep. We ain't going to hand you anything, Alex. You're going to have to work. And, you know, we're looking for players like you. And it's just like how he went about it. And, and, and he would always, this is something I still to this day, like whenever we talk, he always asks, Alex, 
How's your mom? Yeah. How's your brother? Mm-hmm. How are you doing? It would always be in that order. Yep. Even to this day. Yeah. And no other coach ever recruited me like that. It was always they're trying to sell me, hey, you can come here. You can be the best thing since sliced bread. You can yeah. go into the NFL. You can do this. We can do that. Man, it was just, the, and, and that gets, it starts to sound a lot the same yep. back then with me being recruited. And Coach Zoom just told me, like, he didn't tell me what I wanted to hear. He told me the truth. Yeah. And so that got me to University of Oregon, along with I had a phenomenal recruiting trip, had a ton of fun. And, and that was right in the process. They were building a new facility. Yeah. So, of course, you know, I'm 17 years old. I'm attracted to that. That's pretty cool. Cool weight room. Yeah. You know, all this type of stuff. And the possibility when I looked at it, I said, man, if I go there and I know I'm going to need to redshirt, like because I'm still, you know, my football IQ still isn't where it needs to be. If I go and redshirt and I can um, I can watch and learn from older guys when I'm a redshirt freshman, I can come in. I can possibly start. Mm. And I was like, okay, yeah, I love yeah. that. And, and I'm going to tell you, Phil, like when I redshirted and, uh, and I came back that spring, so the seniors, they're all gone. And one guy who was a, you know, he was an established starter, mm-hmm. but then the other position was wide open. So I'm thinking, yeah, I'm on, you know, on the depth chart going yeah. into spring ball, you know, I paid my dues. I redshirted. I should be like one or two. Man, on the depth chart, I was four, fourth. And first, of course, I get into my feelings. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I get sad. I'm like, man, this ain't fair. This ain't what. And I was like, okay, hold on, Alex. Let's just look at the facts. Everybody, the guys in front of you, they've been here and they've learned they have a little bit more football IQ. How do you, what type of character do you need to have to become the starter yeah so i started watching the guys and i was like man they're not giving up touchdowns but they're giving up everything else they're playing soft Mm. check alex you're going to be aggressive Mm. so i started to get into a bump and run type of you know type of corner and i did the things that they didn't do because all third string to second string and then by the time the spring game came along I was a starter yes but it was a process yeah and I just had to I just had to look at things and like man just look at the facts instead of like getting all in my feelings yeah and I looked and I was like okay I need to do things that are different I still need to do my job but I need to be different that, that's very profound at the age that you're at, right? Because uh, being in athletics myself, uh, you know, that's not you, that's not the normal reaction, right? For a lot of people, it's like, man, forget it then. Like if coach doesn't want to play me, I'll just transfer, right? Or if coach doesn't want to play me, I'm just going to wall over here and I'll blame it on someone else. Opposed to really, you know, taking grasp of it and saying, no, hey, what, what do I control in this formula, right? Absolutely. That's Absolutely. good. So yeah. As you're, as you're at Oregon then, uh, you know, the opportunity to play the next year presents itself and it's a good year. Things are going well and a bowl game happens. 
Yeah. So, um, you know, I had to preface it. I was 19 yeah. at the time. Yeah. And we're playing in the Independence Bowl. It was, you know, back then for University of Oregon, any type of bowl game. They didn't have a ton of bowls. Yeah. Bowl games. So any type of bowl game, that was big things. Yeah. And so us going to the Independence Bowl, that was the second bowl game within 20 years that Oregon has gone to. So it was a big wow. deal. Yeah, that's a big so, deal. Right? Big deal. So, you know, we're in this game and I end up getting a pick six. I got an interception and basically walked into the end zone. And I'm, we on national TV, I'm feeling good. My mom, the camera's in my face. I'm, hey, mom, and, you know. But then yeah. just a couple of minutes later, a couple of minutes later, uh, I end up tearing my ACL, MCL, and severely stretching my PCL. But I'm gonna tell you, like, that happened. And for a long time, I blamed it on the receiver. The receiver cut blocked me or chop blocked me. And for the longest, I blamed it on him. Yeah. And when I really got out of my feelings and looked at the, the film, looked at the tape, and I was like, oh man, that wasn't, that's not his fault. That's my fault. I skipped a procedure, what we were taught. We're taught when it's a run, your eyes go reading run, run or pass, and it was a run, then your eyes directly goes to the receiver and then you got to defeat the block. Yeah. Well, me, 19 years old, have some success. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm feeling a certain way. I can skip procedures. I can skip them. I, I just, I just got to pick six. Yeah. I don't need to follow the rules. Right. And I didn't follow the rules that was taught to me. And I paid the ultimate price. I'm going to say ultimate price. Right. I got two, I got two screws of money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But Phil, let me tell you something. I would not be in front of you right now if it wasn't for that adversity. Yeah. That adversity, and it was painful. I don't wish it on anybody. Yeah. But that taught me I can turn adversity into anything that I want. Mm -hmm. I don't need to be a victim. Yeah. This adversity gave me um the the ability to be coached one-on-one yes. -on -one with a world-renowned speed coach yeah he was our coach coach jimmy radcliffe yeah now now i didn't know that he was this world-renowned guru i didn't and he didn't yeah. he didn't come in there with his chest out hey i'm right. jimmy radcliffe i'm rolling no this dude has written books and whatnot I didn't know all that, mm -hmm. but it gave me a chance to work with him one-on-one -on -one for six months, Man. one hour a day, five days a week. He taught me, Phil, he taught me how to run, how to run efficiently. Yeah. When I say efficiently, not wasting any type of movement. Yep. So because of this injury, I got a chance to work with him and he took me from running a four, four, eight, to a four three two, big I deal. Got, I, I got stronger, I got more explosive in every direction. So that this injury helped me 
become the success that I had in college and even into the pros. That's phenomenal. Now, something I don't want to just gloss over, though, obviously, yes, your coach's help, his knowledge, but your willingness to work at it, right? Um, you know, I mean, I'm sure the amount of time and energy you put in just to get back to where you were, but then to exceed it and, you know, see improvements in speeds and in verticals and things like that was just very intense process. Very intense. And let me tell you, it was boring. I didn't like it. Yep. I, I would love to say, man, I enjoyed it. I, man, oh, he was teaching me how to walk right. for weeks, yeah. how to walk efficiently. And then once I mastered that, then it was like how to march efficiently. After that, how to skip efficiently. And then how to run. And so, if you know, if you if your listeners watch, you know, if they know about the Karate Kid. I was just gonna say that reminds they, me of the Karate Kid, they, man. They know to wax on, wax yeah. off, right? Wax on, wax off, and you're doing things, and you just. What I didn't know is it was developing a movement pattern to where a point where I don't think, I just do. Yeah. And so I knew the how important practice is. Yep. I know how important practice is. So he made me practice how to do those things over and over and over again to the point where I don't think now, this is me. Yeah. This is me. Yeah. You know, it's funny, Tim Grover, who's grown in a lot of popularity over the last couple of years, being an NBA trainer with Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, he goes, you know, people would always be like, Hey, can you get me in to come watch Kobe's workout? And he's like, yeah, sure. And he goes, most people would leave just utterly disappointed after watching Kobe practice because he just worked on his shot. You know, he would start in really close and he would shoot all the really close shots and they'd take a step back and he'd shoot a little bit further out, but it wasn't like there was these amazing moves or things. He was just, I got to master all of the basics. And then it allows me to be able to do these more complicated moves because I'm not thinking about the basics of it. And I think, you know, that's exactly what you're highlighting is, hey, if I can master this piece of it, it allows everything else to grow from there. But if I haven't even mastered the simple things, then it's tough to even, you know, get to the more complex. You know what? And here's the cool thing. I'm sure we'll dive into this a little bit later, but uh, those things happen can also happen out of sport, yes. like in life. Yep. If I can start to master the basics of being a good person by thinking of others, by letting my actions speak for myself, if yeah. I can start to do those things, open the door for people, pick up after myself and maybe others, yep. say thank you. Those are fundamental. Those are simple, right? Yep. That's like like Kobe shooting like a like a short jumper. Right. If I can start to do those things, and I can practice being a good person, now it goes to a point where I don't have to think about it. Yep. It's just who I am. It's your character. Yeah. That's good. I love it. And yes, we are going to get to that here in a little bit. So as college is progressing, you know you continue to have success, your role grows, your statistics grow, and you start getting some 
uh, national recognition of like, hey, you know, this guy's going to be have the opportunity to play at the next level past college. So talk a little bit about, you know, how your college career progressed and then, you know, getting into the NFL draft. Yeah, man, I, I think, you know, with, with college, the game started to kind of slow down for me. Yeah. And I knew when I, I knew I was like, okay, I was a preseason. I, I was, you know, first team all pack yeah. 10 my junior year. So I was like, that's cool, you know? And then I go into my senior year and I remember like playing Washington State or somebody, but, and I remember warming up and the opposing fans were like booing me. Ah. They were, they were talking about me, my brother, my mama. They, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, man, I said, how they know my mama's name? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> And so, you know, I started to, so they started to kind of just on me, not anybody else. And I was like, oh, that means something. Yeah. So, you know, when I'm, you know, when the other team's fans, when they're talking specifically to me, maybe that means I've arrived. Yeah, I I think that's a good thing. Yeah, that means that you're you're a noticeable player. Yeah, but, uh, and and I love that. I love that, you know, having that um, bullseye on your back. And, um, you know, it played well and ended up getting the opportunity once, you know, my name started. I got an agent and said, okay, they're looking, um, you know, you're probably first uh, first to late uh, first round or yeah. first round or, or, or early second. Yeah. And uh, you're probably like one, two or three cornerback. And I was like, what? Yeah. And so I was like, they've just seen me on the field. Like, I want to prove that I'm the best corner on the field, but I'm also the best athlete in yeah. terms of corner. And so I worked my butt off, man. I was given the opportunity to train with um, down in the Bay Area with Raymond Ferris. Raymond Ferris used to train Jerry Rice. He used to train Barry Bonds. Wow. He used to train a lot of guys in that area. And I got a chance to work with him for about, uh, for about four months. And so... The biggest thing is, man, I learned what real work is by watching Jerry Rice. Yeah, I got a chance to train with him for four months, like every day. Yeah. Now he didn't. Now we wasn't homeboys, you know. He, he right. really said five words to me, but <laughs> I got a chance to watch him. Right. I was gonna say it's that mental repetition, right? Just like the Colorado camp. Yeah, and I was like, oh my god, he works hard. Yeah. And so I thought I was a hard worker, of course, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm this, I'm that, I'm rookie. I'm that. Man, no, that's how you work. That's how the, a 10 year at the time, 10 year, 11 year veteran works. Yeah. So I got I to step my game up. <laughs> that's phenomenal. And so you end up getting drafted 11th overall. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a big deal, man. Hey, one of my biggest dreams, man, was walking, going to New York. Yeah. Back in the day, it was, that was where the draft was held going to New York, them, uh, uh, you know, calling my name or me getting on the phone, right. Talking, they, they just drafted me and then walking, you know, to, to grab my Jersey and hold it up with the, with the commissioner, Paul Tagli. Yeah. yeah, man, that was, it was a dream come true. Yeah. I mean, talk about the emotion of in that moment, uh, accomplishing a goal that, you know, one, you've been dedicating so much time and effort to, but also just, you know, that feeling of, fulfillment of you know reaching reaching a, a pinnacle moment for you man it was it was something that you just it seems like a dream yeah 
because I, I've watched Emmett Smith, Deion Sanders. I've watched these guys over the years and I always envisioned myself. I took the head off of Dion and I put my head on it. And I was like, that's me Yeah. with the cameras in my face and taking a picture, getting a phone call. And it was just, it was just, it was so surreal. Like it went by like that. It was, yeah. it was, man, but it was, um, it's very powerful. I do remember though, not getting a phone call. <laughs> I, yeah, I feel, I, this I is ch- what, mid nineties? Yeah, mid nineties. Yeah. So everybody else don't get a phone call and I'm sitting there watching on TV and then with the 11th pick, New Orleans Saints select Alex Molden. I was like, well, where's my phone call? <laughs> This can't be right, right? <laughs> so I'm like, oh, this is weird. Oh, let me get up, hug my mom, yeah. you know, hug my agent, my brother, and then walked on. And I'm the whole time like, man, damn, I didn't get a phone call, man. This is, this is messed up, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a darn good surprise, though. Right? Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. So as you transition in and you're, you know, with the Saints now, um, you know, talk a little bit about being rookie. And, you know, once again, that high school to college jump is one thing. The college to the pro jump is, is a different game. Totally different game. And you're playing with grown ass men now. <laughs> right. We it's not families. like on the other. Yeah. Yeah. Not like fighting for a scholarship. No, they fighting. Yeah. They they're, you know, trying to take care of their kids, kids. Right. So it's a different type of, uh, mentality you got to have thick skin in the locker room mm-hmm. you know because they'll talk about you right. my first my first interaction in the locker room was with Rufus Porter and at the time before I got I had braces uh I came out teeth was all jacked up and Rufus first thing he said I'm shaking people's hands and hey man nice to meet you Alex yeah man nice to meet you man hey welcome to the team and Rufus Porter like damn Rook look at your teeth and I was like, nobody's ever said anything else about my teeth. I know I got jacked up teeth. Right. <laughs> I just I had no money to fix them back then. But he said that, and that cut me deep. Oh yeah. Cut me deep. You know. Right. You yeah. Know but I was like, okay, I, I gotta I gotta develop something here. I gotta develop thick skin. Yeah. And um and then understanding that that it is a business. Mm-hmm. And understanding like it's very. I mean, the average is less than four years right so what type of character do i need to have yep. to become i mean it's first it starts on where you want to go i want to have a long career i want to play 10 years yeah okay you need to link up with guys who have played eight nine ten years right. and and take notes on how they study how they practice how they take care of their bodies how they yeah. take care of their money yep. right so i did that i wasn't like you know that rookie that hung out with the other rookies or second and third year players no yeah. i was like man eric allen yeah eight nine year all pro anthony newman how did yeah. they what did they do how did they treat their bodies hey man they got a massage therapist they got a chiropractor they got acupuncturist they got all this so i started to kind of you know surround myself with people where you know they were where i want to go i'm going to do what they do yeah I love that. That's phenomenal. Now, I know we're on a bit of time. So what I might do is we'll highlight the young years and then we'll do this again and we'll go the older years and present day. But one thing that I'd like to get, you know, uh, covered today is that conversation you had with your coach about alignment, assignment, adjustment. I think that's so powerful. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, So 
I had a coach uh, my second year in the NFL with the Saints. His name yeah. was w Willie Shaw. Yeah. Willie Shaw was a was a vet. He coached for 20 plus years in the NFL. And uh, actually, his son is David Shaw, the head coach for the Stanford Cardinals. Yeah. Um, and I remember when David used to come to our practices as a little, you know, GA assistant, you yeah. know, taking notes and stuff. But so Willie, you know, one of my first practices, and um, it was in, it was in uh, spring, so our spring mini camps. And uh, after the first practice, he said, "Hey, hey, number hey, two five. He couldn't call me Rook because this was my second year, right? Say, hey, hey, two five, come over here for a second." And I came over. And I was like, "Yeah, coach said, yeah, hey." Alex, you want to play a long time in this league? Yeah, absolutely, coach. Yeah, what? Yeah. He said, okay, I'm going to give you these three things. And But by then, I was like, you know, if I had a notepad, I would have been taking notes. I would have been everything out of his mouth, right? Yeah. Well respected. He said, alignment, assignment, and adjustment. Mm. I was like, that's it? <laughs> I mean, damn, that, that, I mean, I didn't say that, but I was thinking but, like, yeah. come on, man. But he said, Alex, did you know half the time you were out there, you were not aligned correctly? Mm -hmm. I was like, oh man, yeah, on the different coverages, there's different alignments. Yeah, You were misaligned. So you're giving the offense in an, a, a, even more of an advantage. Mm. You can't do that if you want to play for me. Yeah. Damn, okay. I got to be aligned correctly. Check. Okay, your assignment. Did you know what you were doing? Did you know your job? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Did you know the safety's job? Did you know the linebacker's job on every play? Yeah. I said, no, I didn't. Okay, you need to learn the role of the people out there on the field with you. When you can do that, you're going to have more success. You get to be able to hold people accountable where they need to be. Yeah. And they get to hold you accountable. Mm. I said, okay, okay. And he said, the adjustment. He said, Alex, there's going to be adjustments on every play. In the NFL, yeah. nobody just lines up and hikes the ball. They're going to audible. They're going to motion. They're going to do shifts. You need to be thinking ahead you need to always know what if. Right. If you can cover the what ifs, now you're not surprised. I was like, okay. Yeah. I think that my job was just learning my my role. Yep. Learning the defense, my you know what I, my job, and I'm good. Yep. He opened my eyes during that conversation, mm. and and I started to really practice that, like really be intentional during practice. Yeah. And that's that's one of the biggest reasons why I played as long as I did. Yeah, is I mastered alignment, assignment, and adjustments. That's phenomenal. And I think two things I would highlight there. One, um, you know, it, it takes boldness as a coach to uh, confront you, right? Or whether that's a boss to a you know someone that's working on your team, like to do the confront. Uh, but for you then to also have the you know humbleness to say, "All right, coach." Yeah, you know, like uh, I'm game, like teach me that and then actually apply it. You know what, Phil, I, I think the, 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 the biggest thing, because I don't think I would have listened like I did if it was somebody who was their first or second year. Yeah. As a coach. Yeah. 
You know what I'm saying? Because so right. and, and, and so I understand leadership. I coach on leadership. You know, my book is about that, about leadership. But it's like experience is an influencer. Mm. Yeah. Your experience will cause people to follow you. Yep. These gray hairs I got, <laughs> I don't like them, right? I don't like that. But I, this is experience. Yeah. For somebody, that's like, man, he's been around that. Yep. Maybe I should live, maybe I should heed his advice. Mm. So Willie Shaw's experience really helped me like pay close attention to where he was doing his all, you know what also his success. Yes. He's had success because if he didn't, he wouldn't have been coaching as long as he had. They would get right. ready. Yeah. His success, right? How yep. he communicated, he was very clear. He didn't yell. He didn't scream. Another cool thing about Willie is he didn't get all emotional yeah. depending if you won or if you lost. Mm. I've had coaches yeah. depending if you have, if, if we win, Man, he's your homeboy. I had yeah. a coach. He was my homeboy. Everybody's homeboy when we won. Yeah. It didn't matter how I played. Because there was games where I sucked. But when we won, yeah. he was like, yeah, it's my homeboy. Mm -hmm. When we lost, he didn't want to talk to you. Yep. There was games where I balled out. Yeah. But we lost. He didn't care. He didn't care. I beat. Wow. So I was like, I was like, wow. So right. they ups and down, depending if we won or lost. Hmm. Not Willie. Willie showed you the truth. He said, hey, yeah, we lost. It's a team sport. I said, but you keep playing how you playing. Yeah. We're going we gonna to win more than we lose. Mm. So he looked at the data. Yeah. yeah. How you played. Not, not, not just how we did. Because we, we didn't have a great offense right. that year. He looked at the data. He took feelings out of it. Yep. And I had, like I said, other coaches that would be all in their feelings, depending on if we won or lost. Yeah. So that, that, that taught me something about what leadership is yeah. like real leadership. Yes. That's great. Well, Alex, I appreciate you sharing the younger years today. I cannot wait to release this one. And then we're going to do this again and we'll have the additional and then into today, focusing on your book and the leadership you're doing today. So thanks again so much for being I on. I can't wait, man. Let's jump on the call real soon. I'm serious. I'm, I'm yes, ready. sir. Yes, sir. Once again, this was part one of Alex's story, and I like how we work through his early years, his college years, and what great perspective, right? He has a serious injury that could have ended his career, but he was able to understand that he was working with the best, and it improved his strength, his speed, and gave him the opportunity to be a first-round draft pick. Stay tuned. We'll be releasing part two of Alex's story where we progress through the rest of his NFL journey and then into what he's doing today. Thanks so much for tuning in.